Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why are some quote-unquote ghosts in photos small, some normal and others huge? Can people be haunted more than places? Are at least some aliens, quote, ghosts from the future, unquote? Hello and welcome to the 630th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Shane, filling in for Ben, and those diverse questions come from the co-host um, and partner in the paranormal, Ben's dad. Well, that's pretty good. See, you're using the last-minute script here. (laughs) This evening, we bring you an open-line show with questions from listeners on many different paranormal subjects, and we're delighted to welcome our colleague and frequent partner in crime, Shane Searway, an eminent paranormal researcher and one of the very few we will work with. As always, we welcome your calls. It's 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 401-766-1240 locally. Also, we will monitor Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com for emails. And just to explain, Ben is uh, not able to be here today because he is uh, doing something that is crucial to the preparation for his wedding, uh, which is April 23rd. And um, there's something that had to be done today that I can't really understand myself, but he had to do it. So that's why Shane, fortunately, is uh, filling in for Ben today. So that's why the uh, deeper-than-usual voice. So anyway, we are off and running. We have eight pages of just things from Facebook, questions and comments. And uh, fortunately, Shane is going to help me with this because I hate to do these things alone. So in any case, uh, let's begin with our first one. Um, this is from Jason Jarrell, who was a guest a few weeks ago, actually two weeks ago. Uh, Jason is from West Virginia and is an expert on the giant legends in human folklore and particularly in American uh, folklore as well, and possible, possibly archaeology. And Jason writes, Have you ever heard of spirits appearing in photographs in such a fashion that they are very, very tiny images embedded in the larger image? Using a magnifying glass for some photographs, for instance, objects in the photo can change. Uh, they can depict things which seem to be incorporated into the image. Some Something about the flash of a camera, question mark. Uh, Shane, you do a lot of this sort of photography. What say you? Um, I, I think with with film camera, film pictures, um, you know, for instance, like, you know, we can look at leaves and, and grass and, and clouds and different grains and wood and we can, we can find images, you know, cause that's how we're, uh, how we work. That's how our minds work. Um, when it comes to digital photos, we're likely to see those. They become smaller because of pixelization. And for the same reason, we're going to find images of faces and stuff like that, which really aren't there. We're, we're going to see them. Um, but it, you know, it, it can happen. I've seen it, um, in more so it's, it's, very common in what we call reflective photography, where you take uh, pictures of mirrors and, and glass objects and stuff like that, the reflection of, of, the, of the glass. So with that flash, that, that could play right into what he's asking. I see it more common with reflective photography, where you actually do see full-blown, real good apparitions. And I think we pass around a photo of one um, that was taken. Somebody was, was that you? or um, There was an image of a, of a woman. Oh, was that in a mirror? No, it was in a glass. They took a picture of a. Of, there was a, a. Oh yes, yes, remember, yes. Remember someone, that? someone sent us. That was that, a pretty yeah. good photo. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, that the background of that was I don't know who it was, but it was someone from who listens to the show, mm-hmm. and a lot of people send in photos, and this was uh, taken at a uh, some convention venue or something, uh, or, or I think, and they they were in a restaurant, and there was a glass in there. I guess there were two people. 
uh, and really nobody else was in there. Right. And there was a glass with a um, some kind of slogan on it, and you could clearly see the reflection of a woman. Uh, the angle struck me as very strange. You know, she would have to have been like really small or, or short or something. And uh, just because, you know, I learned photography in, in the military and, you know, and, and uh, so I was used to dealing with some intelligence stuff and all that. Um, I wasn't the analyst, but I took the photos um, and it just it didn't strike me as strike me as quite quite normal. Uh, you pointed out that maybe there would be someone standing in there, but, but the person insisted that there was not, you right. know, et cetera, et cetera. So th- those photos are interesting. Exactly. Especially if, if for, like, in fact, there was nobody else there. Um, it was a very clear photo. You could, you could see it. And, and they did seem out of date, the way they were dressed and, and stuff. Um, but I, I found that we, we get pictures like that all, all the time. Actually, we were challenged. I did a radio show up in Manchester, New Hampshire, and a very popular morning show. And a guy listening had a, a law firm, and he challenged us to go in there and, and capture the image of his ghost that everyone saw walk in the hallways. And so we set up – they were actually in the process of moving to a different uh, facility, and so we had the run of the place the whole weekend. He gave us the keys. We set up, and, and sure enough, we, we got a, a clear photo, and it was a re- reflective photo, which was small, but um, you know not of normal size. But clearly, you could see this man, and we showed it to him, and you know, everyone agreed that that was exactly who they saw walk in the hallway. Oh, you—you you never showed me that. Oh, I have to show it to yeah, you. Yeah, send it down sometime. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Shana's from New Hampshire. His website, by the way, trueghost.com. Uh, Shana and I first met in 1997 or eight here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, where we broadcast from. A case that was a very interesting went on for some time, and uh, we'd never encountered one another before but we were brothers from day one so uh and it's, so this is what eight going on 18 19 years now yeah. we're still uh still <laughs> kicking huh so um well, you know one of the things in reference to this uh, several things stand out in uh in jared's uh, i should say jason jarrell's message here uh one is uh, the the size of the image and it struck me that there have been times i don't know if you've run into this shane but there have been times when uh i've encountered uh I, I, I'm not a real believer in spirits in the strictest sense of, of uh, non-material disembodied beings. I have, I have a philosophical problem with that, at least in our world family. And now that's a funny term, but you have to understand sort of our multiverse theories when it comes to that. Um, I think that in the, um, the most likely intrusions from parallel worlds, and this gets into, into fringe areas of physics, um, the physicists agree that this multi- multiple worlds thing is is pro- you know they reluctantly agree some of them it's true, uh, but what it really means or how it actually works is still a matter of debate. Uh, ben and I believe we see it working in the paranormal. Uh, Shane does too, uh, in one way or another. And uh, so I, I think that, that the laws of physics, and this is a principle from from some areas of quantum physics, the laws of physics from world to world. Are very often are different. So uh, physics, worlds in which the physics would allow a, a complete being that has no body would probably be relatively rare. So whether that intrudes into our reality, I don't know. I have doubts about it because I've had all these physical experiences with things that are supposed to have been spirits. But we've talked about that on other shows. You can listen to our recorded shows if you want to find out more about that. But anyway, that's one thing. 
people assume it's these disembodied things because they don't what else could it be? Well, a lot of other things it could be, in my opinion. But the, the size that Jason mentions, I'm thinking of several cases when the, the spatial relationships between what we were dealing with and even sometimes in photographs were quite different. Um, I'm thinking particularly of a case in uh, Clearwater, Florida, uh, in o, I believe it was 06. I was down there, and I've referenced this before. I was down there uh, at the that big wooden hotel, the, the uh, Bellevue, Bellevue Biltmore, which is supposedly very haunted. And they put me delivering one of the most haunted rooms. And it was interesting because there was someone there, but he was kind of up by the ceiling. An ordinary person from, I, I believe, the parallel world who was trying to decide whether to commit suicide. That's why he came to the hotel. He was by himself, all kinds of family problems. And he wasn't any kind of spirit. He was a human being, you know. And uh, sometimes I run into language barriers. This guy was in a world where there, it was English, very much like ours. And uh, I, I literally got to know him in the court. I didn't dare tell anybody at this convention for beginning ghost hunters that I was doing this because they're running around on the top floor looking for funny pictures and all sorts of stuff. And um, in the course of this trip, I negotiated with him, sort of became friendly with him, and I think I committed, uh, I convinced him not to commit suicide. Funny way to look at it, but I, I believe that's what really happened. But he was smaller, and he was up by the ceiling because that's the way it came across the world boundary into our into our world. So I, I, that struck me in in Jason's um, note here. But I think uh, Shane is absolutely correct. And the first thing you have to look at is that the fact that, that the brain will take things that it sees and try to make sense out of them. So you'll see, I have people, people sending me, I'm sure you do too, all sorts of photographs with circles in mm -hmm. them, you know, <laughs> reflections in windows, aha, it's a ghost, or right. the, the ubiquitous orb, which we don't really don't know what that is, and uh, things of this kind. So... Uh, really have to see the photograph, Jason. We're in we're in touch because you're a former guest. Uh, let me see the photographs and, and I'll share it with Shane and um, see what we think. But um, there are so there are so many problematic issues with with photographs, uh, particularly the pixelization, that it's very difficult to really answer the question. But it, I, it is possible. Yes, there isn't much that isn't possible. Actually, that's the whole point of quantum mechanics. Everything that's possible exists somewhere. Right. All right. Okay, so uh, let's move on to a second uh, message here. This is from Veronica. I have no idea where Veronica's from. Um, a very common message I'm sure Shane and I receive all the time. Uh, I feel my mom is with us all the time. Things happen that we can't explain, like when Tuesday's Powerball went to 500 million bucks. Um, I went and got a quick pick. Her birthday and age were the numbers, da-da-da-da-da, uh, and two other numbers. Gee, Veronica, did you win? Let's get in touch. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, this this is I don't know what to make of this. I mean, sure, it's possible. People that when my when my mother I mentioned this before on there when my mother uh, translated, as we say, we don't use the word death because there is no such thing in my opinion. When she translated uh, in uh, because we're alive in so many different worlds, you can't die. How can you die? In 2011, people would write in. And say, okay, well, you're always giving us advice on, you know, what do you, how do you deal with the loss of a loved one? Okay, wise guy, how do you deal? You know, uh, you know, in so many words. I mean, the people were, were respectful, but um, that was kind of uh, what I got from it. And I said, well, it's not like she's still with us, but we are with her in many, many different worlds where she never died and where we're still together. And um, that if you have a, this awareness of this. 
and they don't lock you up because because that in our society it's very narrow. You can end up being uh, diagnosed schizophrenic, which is a real ailment. Um, well, I have a better relationship with her than I ever did, and so does Ben. You know, uh, whether it be dreams or uh, feelings, of, you know, the the the, the, the uh, awareness that takes you beyond where you are um, in a, in a good and healthy way. Um, she's she hasn't, we haven't lost anything. We've gained. Mm-hmm. You know? So that, that's so. I suppose it's entirely possible that that people can uh, still influence uh, you and this everything. But but I'm I'm always wary. You know, is it really the person you think it is, and or is it just a coincidence? Which is a that's another problematic issue. I don't know if there is any such thing as coincidence. You know, but very often I think our own subconscious selves are doing some of this stuff, and we think it might be someone else. But what, what difference does it make if it's good? Just accept it. I would say. What say you, Shane? Yeah, I think, you know, as far as on one side, emotion connects uh, so many things, and I think it's very powerful from one par- parallel to the other, and negativity and, and fear and, and stuff like that will connect us to the parasitic entities. That's what That's draws right. them in. Yep. So love will also keep us connected to the love, uh, our loved ones. It's very, very strong. Emotions key to all this, and that's how I actually treat it a lot of times. Um, but on the other side of this, with the numbers and, and you know, finding connections to a loved one, um, you know, we're always going to be looking for that, too, because it, since 9-11, you know, the, the Twin Towers, um, it seems like every time I look at the clock, it's 9-11. Um, but I look at the clock probably 100 times a day, um, but I only remember when I, when I look at it and it says 9-11. That stands out to me because of that reason. So this could be something like that, too. We always find an association like this because we want that, you know. So it, Yeah, no, that's very well put. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, too, of a, a good friend of ours who wrote a book, uh, 41 Signs of Hope, and everybody remembers the terrible nightclub fire in 03 here in oh, Rhode yes. Island, you know. And uh, this was uh, Nicky O'Neill, who was the youngest uh, victim of this fire, and he wrote. Uh, he wrote. He was very attached to the number forty-one, and his family uh, had been, I guess, aware of this. It was forty-one and nine forty-one were the numbers. I don't know for, for what, but uh, these numbers would keep cropping up. You know, you'd see them in license plates and things like this. And first, I thought, well, you know, this is just because you know we're aware of the number, we're going to see it, and that's true. However, you know, when I was, uh, and at the time, we, my, uh, the media company Ben and I have were, was um, publishing books against my better judgment. I mean, <laughs> and we published that. We're very pleased that we did. But I edited it personally. And just, it came out to 41 chapters. I mean, unless I was working subconsciously on that. And then everything was 41 this, 41 that. And all these things started to happen. It was really amazing, you know. Wow. And, uh, uh, it's funny. I was, there, w- there was one incident where um, Nikki's mother uh, was very concerned about. You know, she was kind of haunted by the idea of, of the death and this fire. And, you know, did he feel any pain? And just as they were uh, discussing this in the car, a car passed them, and the license plate said "No pain." Uh. Stuff like that. And it was funny. I was, <clears throat> I was down. In West Warwick, looking at a, a, I was trying to make a decision to buy a car, and I was, th- and I was thinking about something else. Uh, so a friend of mine who had 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 translated recently, and the same car went by, and it said no pain. Hmm. The license plate. So you know, th- these are what are known in in the business as synchronicities. Right. You know, things that seem to be coincidence may or may not. Uh, Paul, we do have a caller on the line right now. This is Robin. Okay, Robin. Uh, Robin from Utah, I take it. 
Uh, hello, Robin. Welcome to Behind the Paranormal on ON1240. Thank you very much. Um, you have to forgive me. I've got a little bit of a headache today. Um, I had, I wanted to make a comment on what you're talking about with the numbers uh, sure. first. Uh, where I work, I can see the digital clocks all day. And when that whole 11-11 thing came through, I was seeing that all the time. And, you know, I don't think that there's anything paranormal about 11-11. And then somebody said, oh, I Okay, uh, can I ask you to slow, just speak a little more slowly, please? Sure. You sound like you're from New uh, England. Hang on a second. Okay. Is that better? <laughs> well, I've been practicing my French. So. Okay. Yeah. Just just a little, a little more slowly uh, is is fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When you're talking about um, seeing numbers and seeing things that you you can you feel like you they mean something to you, when that whole eleven eleven phenomenon came through, and where I work, I see the digital clocks all the time. And I noticed that I was seeing 11-11 constantly. And a lot of people were, and they made, they made T-shirts, and they made all kinds of things. But I think that our mind, uh, you know, our minds work in strange ways, and that they are made to make connections between things so that we can go through life. But I'm not sure that, the, you know, the numbers themselves actually mean something special. At least that's my take on it. When you refer to eleven eleven, you mean I remember November eleventh, twenty eleven. No, actually, that I had surgery on that day, but I mean, oh, uh, oh there okay. Was a, there was a, uh, I think Marie D. Jones wrote something on eleven eleven. Wrote a book about that, just seeing the numbers, you know, like a, okay. in a clock, all right, and said, oh, it's the twin towers, and other people said other things, and I started seeing it all the time. And then I started seeing four, 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 and five, 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 and like connections. And I think anybody else would say, "Oh, there's got to be connection. That has to be paranormal." And you know, I'm the kind of person that this has been a life of paranormal things. And to me, yeah, at first it was interesting, but then it just became kind of annoying. Well, <laughs> I did buy the T-shirt with the eleven eleven and the eternity sign. I bought that. I fell for that one. Shane, do you have any, any comment? Um, I, I, there, there may be connections. You know, I, I don't think anything is coincidental. And the ancient Greeks were very much into the, uh, the order of the universe, the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, music of the spheres, as they would call, uh, things of this kind, that, that there is a certain flow and ebb in the universe. Yeah. Or in our case, multiverse. That, that can be, <clears throat> excuse me, can be mathematically described. <clears throat> with numbers, mm-hmm. so, and plus everything is connected, as we know. I mean, Shane, do you think uh, th- there really could be connections here that uh, maybe we we, we just um, dismiss off sometimes? Yeah, I, I think sometimes there is. I, I think most of the time, I find it's just us looking for that association with something, um, and, and it could be inadvertently or, or coincidental. Uh, but I think sometimes there is something to it because. Um, a lot of times these things look for ways to um, get our attention. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it could be, uh, there could definitely be something to it. Now, Robin, while um, we're on, I'm sorry, go ahead. I remember just hearing Shane. Oh, hi, Shane, by the way. How you doing? Um, I remember hearing Ann Strieber, Whitley Strieber's now deceased wife, when she said uh, God is an equation. And I thought that was strange at the time, but... I didn't really understand what it means. But if that, is that what you mean by everything has a flow and everything you know comes together, like the Fibonacci sequence you see everywhere? 
Yeah, there was a certain, in the minds of the ancient Greeks, which of course have heavily influenced the minds of the West, uh, in, in modern times, as far as thinking is concerned, there was a notion of the divine nature of numbers, and even, even right. in Christianity, uh, and in Judaism, there, there's a sense of, of the divine nature of numbers. The number three, uh, three times three, etc., you know, not, these are all sacred numbers that, that is present in theology. Mm-hmm. Of various right. religions, you know, and um, I, I'm, I'm one who thinks that there, there has to be a reason for that somewhere, no matter how much baggage is picked up over the years. So I think there might be something to this. I mean, uh, the the, the uh, universe, the multiverse, is very mathematical. Even Tesla mm-hmm. had a fascination with the number three. Even Tesla had a fascination. Yeah, yeah. that's right, Nikola Tesla. So, Robin, while we have you here, if if that's all on that subject, uh, we do have a note from you in here. We we're going to try to get to uh, today. <laughs> so that's um, yes. rather unusual to have the uh, writer on the phone. Uh, Robin from Utah. That's you, right? Okay. Do you uh, first? This is from you. Do you find that often a person is haunted rather than a place? And this is Shane specialty. Yes. Uh, because my I've entire life. About that a lot. Okay. Yeah. You're right for the paranormal. And uh, so what, that you have two questions. Let's deal with that one first. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, this script doesn't have any page numbers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Do you find a person? Yeah. So um, that's when it comes to a negative haunt. That's almost always the case. It's it's. Never the house that's being haunted. It's the person, and it's there because of the person. And the, the the reason for that connection is how I treat it. So in order to get rid of the negative entity, um, I have to dig back into the person's past. Kind of like the case where I met Paul on. We we asked these people um, how long they lived in the house, and the lady of the house lived there for 11 years. The gentleman who was being tormented said he had lived there for six years. And I asked, how long has your house been haunted? He said, only for the last two years. So we asked him, what happened two years ago that altered or changed this environment? Something dramatic must have happened in your life. He said, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So weeks after that, um, it started to, he started being attacked. He was put out of work, um, put on medication, so he couldn't work. He was a, I think he was a forklift driver, so he wasn't able to do his job anymore. So he was also a Vietnam vet, so he's sitting at home thinking about how he's probably going to die with pancreatic cancer. That's usually the case. And um, also remembering his friends that he saw killed in front of him in the Vietnam War. So it was just negativity, and, and he became vulnerable. And, and you know, when we're, when we're in a negative place, our frequency that we throw out becomes so lowered that it becomes the same frequency as, as like, cancer, um, other parasitic life forms. And um, and so we kind of almost get tuned to these things like a two-way radio, and so it, there's a connection that's established. And he was being tormented, so we um, we convinced him after a few visits to be more positive, to get out, do more things. Don't just sit here and dwell on all this negative stuff. To get out there, do something that he was passionate. I said, you know, volunteer at a soup. Uh, soup kitchen or anything that made you, makes you feel good about yourself don't just sit in here and just you know just soak in all this negative energy right. so he he took our our advice and he led a fight to save a church here in Wintaka I think it was yeah it was a, a, it also had a soup kitchen yeah oh okay yeah and so I think he ended up on the news uh, channel and uh, he did, yeah. and he was in the paper so he was doing something positive with his life he was doing something to change his internal dialogue change his thinking into a more positive one 
So not only did um, the entity take off because it had nothing to feed off anymore, his cancer went into remission, and we found out even, you know, um, x-rays found no evidence that he ever had that cancer, and he's still alive today, we found wow. out. Yeah. Yeah, that was the because he lives, uh, lo- local listeners wouldn't, would re- recognize that at oh. a church, yeah. Uh, one socket here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's and that's how I usually treat it. Um, when people are being haunted by or, you know, uh, tormented by something negative, it's always them that's being haunted, not the home. And so we we have to kind of go back and figure out what's changed in their lives to to uh, the, that establishes connection that you know brought interest to um, the, these parasites. Okay, well, uh, just that, that being said, I, mean, I agree 100%, but I just want to issue the caveat just so people don't think that we're suggesting that all illnesses are the res- No, uh, no. The parasites are causing all they, they can. Right. Uh, working in psychiatric hospitals as a student, uh, I, w- I saw uh, psychiatric issues uh, intertwined with paranormal issues. But uh, we don't want to go back to the Middle Ages here and think that uh, the demons cause all illnesses. You know, I mean, there, there is an interplay at times, just as they know now that your own attitude, your own positive attitude can affect your physical health. Right. That sort of thing. So just, uh, they have to have a balance of thinking in there. But uh, Shane is absolutely correct. I saw that whole thing myself and worked with him on it, and that's how it was. So, Robin, uh, your second question here, um, and we'll take a break in a minute. Actually, can we take our break now? Okay, we're going to take our break now. Robin, can you hold the line? Sure. Okay, and we'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's gorgeous Blackstone River Valley. And we'll be right back. This is Bob Vila, and my daily home improvement tip will help you keep those little problems around the house from becoming big ones. The Bob Vila Home Improvement Tip of the Day can be heard Monday through Friday at 145 right here on ON 1240 WOON Woonsocket Radio. And it's brought to you by DNS Painting of Woonsocket. Give Ron Nichols a call at 401-339-4625 for your free estimate today. 401-339-4625 for DNS Painting. Okay, and welcome back to Behind the Paranormal on ON 1240 here. And uh, we're in the midst of an interesting conversation here. Uh, we have uh, Shane Searway, a, a very good friend and colleague, sitting in for Ben today. I'm Paul Eno, and we have Robin from Utah on the phone. And we've been talking about answering some of her questions that she has sent into our open line show. And if anyone else would like to call in, I always forget, Ben always chides me for forgetting to uh, give the numbers, but uh, anywhere in the U.S. and Canada, 800-449-1240, or from uh, anyone here in locally northern Rhode Island, southeastern Mass, 401-766-1240. So, Robin, let's get back to your, let's get to your second question. Uh, one day while driving to a WSU, uh, which is what? What's WSU? Weber State University. It's a university my husband worked at, my first husband. Okay. To deliver my husband's lunch, I pulled up at a familiar stop sign. And uh, I'll, I'll, instead of reading this, I'll let you tell the story and uh, we'll address it. <laughs> Unless you uh, want me to read okay. it. Maybe you're, you said um, you're a little no, tired. No, I can, I can describe it. It's, uh, I always, well, I, I should never have, let me put it this way, I should never have married the man anyway. We weren't anything alike. I never saw him and I got very lonely. But I was trying to be a very good wife and take him a hot lunch every day and he liked that. So I was in the end of our van, Toyota van. You know, that is a great big... Uh, yeah, could you slow down to just a little, please? Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Like I say, you sound like <laughs> you're from here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I've been, I've been practicing my French on the computer. That's probably well, why and I need to slow down. Um, I was taking him a hot lunch, as I did every weekday, and I got to the stop sign 
the main stop sign. It's kind of a triangular thing. And I, and I put on the brake, and I looked up, and I noticed something that I've, I've seen things like this, but this was very dramatic. The whole window looked like it had begun to spin um, clockwise, and it turned into colors. It looked like a an oil painting that was melting, and all of it was spiraling into the center, like if you put a drop of water into a, a puddle of water, drop of oil into a puddle of water. That's kind of what it looked like, but it was brilliant. And as I sat there, it just looking at it, um, it got smaller and smaller and brighter, and it was coming toward a hole in the center of the windshield. And all of a sudden, I was just, I was terrified. And because of experiences that have, I believe are connected to this, I knew, I well, I think you can't know, but I think I was certain that unless I stomped on the gas and I got through that tiny little hole, I was going to end up somewhere else. And somewhere else. I did. Somewhere else or somewhere else. Because okay. I've had experiences kind of like this that I didn't put in the letter. This one was just way out there in my face, like, a, you know, you see visions or whatever. And I stomped on the gas, and the guy almost missed me coming the other direction. And I ended up at school, but I was so shaky, and I don't know how long I'd been sitting there because the hot lunch was now really cold. And, you know, I gave it to my husband, and he took it, kind of looked at me funny because it was cold, and I went home. But that was one of the stranger things that I've ever had happen. Okay. Um, yeah. Can I pause? Can I, sure. Can I pause for one second? Yeah. Uh, I was listening to one of your radio shows. I don't remember which one it was. It was about the woman who was at a party, and she was up on the balcony, and she saw the giant clock oh, yes. in the sky. That was someone else who wrote in, uh, as you have. Yeah. Yes. Well, um I had a surgery just following my first marriage, and I didn't learn until afterward that he'd been giving me an anesthetic that they use for animals, ketamine. Really? Um, it's Ke- hallucin- ketamine, yeah. It's, a hallucinogen- yeah. it's hallucinogenic, and I didn't know it. And I was seeing, you know, the, the wavy lines, and I was seeing things that looked like clocks, and I was seeing, it just looked like an Aboriginal painting. Yeah, th- th- that's generally you know, used on horses and cows. Right. It's vet- veterinary. Animals, animals yeah. Don't overthink it. Like, what is that? But to me, um, what she was saying, I'm not saying she didn't see a giant clock. I've seen a lot of weird things myself. But when she started describing the geometric shapes and the wavy lines, that immediately threw me back to when I had the surgery, and that's what I was seeing. And I've never seen anything like that since. That's just a comment on maybe that somebody had slipped her a little something or maybe the DMT in her brain was a little strange that night and that's why mm. she saw a giant clock. Or maybe, you know, it's just like under the dome where somebody's science experiment. Anyway, that's just a side comment. That, that, that's, that brings up another issue. Shane, do you have any comments on that? Because um... I don't know about the clock, but, you know, and it could be like what she's suggesting too, but I know there's a form of migraine that causes you to see wavy lines, and, it, and it's very real, like it's real psychedelic, yeah. but it's a form of a migraine. Well, I'm thinking too, you mentioned DMT, uh, Rob, and, the, this, and of course that is involved in ayahuasca, which is a one of the, now the Central American, some of the shamans will use that. Now, Shane, you just by some strange coincidence, happened to be a shaman. And, <laughs> uh, um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, we've got 
at least for, from my point of view, you've got uh, one of the first questions that I ask certainly is what is the medical history of the person having this experience? And people write these stories to us, and lots of people do, and we have no way of knowing their medical history because right. we don't, you know, have any time. So, what? How would you approach this, Shane? As far as her seeing these things, mm. are we or anybody seeing these things? Um, or is, does it depend on the person? Yeah, it depends on the person, and there's there's several things that it could be. So we'd have to really, I'd have to talk to each one of them. Um, but you know, like I said, these wavy lines are very common. With there's a type of migraine that happens with your eyes and stuff like that, and that causes really psychedelic effects. Not just like zigzaggy lines, um, colorful ones. Um, actually, Donna Philly experiences those, and um, yeah, from the Litchfield case in Connecticut, right? And yeah. she she didn't know what they were. She thought it was something weird, and mm-hmm. then uh, she asked me about it, and and I I gave her a whole write up about what I thought it was, and it turns out it might be correct. So, but she was for sure that it was something weird, yeah. you know, going on. Um, so, I mean, there's but, just, you know, I can't, you know, it's hard to comment on somebody that we don't yeah. know. We don't know the history, on, like you yeah, said. On the other hand, it is it is possible that it was a multiverse experience. I mean, people write these things all the time. And if you're aware of the, the this, this is the way reality is organized or constructed, then they become somewhat normal. And of course, I, I'm somewhat concerned if you're driving a car and having these things happen and, you know, you get uh, pancaked by you know, 18 wheelers, and we yeah. don't want to have that happen. There's weird so. videos out there, too, of actually, and I don't know if they're real or not. They're pretty, pretty, pretty weird. Like, I'll show it to you, yeah. um, of where, you know, there's this guy riding a bike across the street, and then there's, there's this box truck coming right at him, doesn't see him, and all of a sudden this bright light happens, and the guy ends up disappearing and, uh, and appearing further up the road, and he's shaking his head like he doesn't know what's going on. The guy gets out of his box truck, he stops, he's looking underneath his, his truck, and he looks confused, like, I just hit somebody, but no one's here. Yeah. And this guy that was on the bike actually sits down on the curb, and he's just he's shooken. And there's somebody standing next to him with glowing hands, and then that person walks off. I don't know if it was fo- phony or not, but it was pretty Well, I don't know if I trust in those videos. No, I'm just saying, but it sounds like, you know, if she's driving down the road, and all of a sudden she starts seeing weird colors, and then next thing you know, she's, like, somewhere else, and, and she doesn't remember how long she was there. You know, it could have been some kind of weird, you know, like like you said, like a... Uh, multiversal yeah. experience. Mo- mo- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get this day in and day out, and it happened. It's happened to me. It's happened to Ben. Um, and just, uh, I think it's just part of life. I think there are certain I think people so that too. are, you know, that are a little more. Uh, I've had I've had an episodic headache disorder since I was an infant, and I get do get the migraine, and I would just scream and scream, and finally it would just stop and it would be gone. But I, I still get those, so it's. It's not impossible. So when I see something like this, it doesn't, you know, it's not my entire life and then dwell on that forever because you do see things. People see things. And I'm a multiverse fan. I think that it explains most of everything. But then again, the guy that should have gotten hit by the truck might have been hit by the truck. And what you're seeing is the parallel universe he shifted into well precisely and i'm thinking of ben's experience i don't know how cameras would pick that up but that's what it sounds like to me i don't know but ben's experience from a few years ago and he's, he's mentioned this on the air i usually don't like to speak for him but he was driving his uh, funny little car that was a little yellow convertible uh, with a black top our neighbors used to refer to it as the bumblebee and uh he's uh, <laughs> tearing up route for 146 to go see his future wife uh, in worcester mass when she was at at assumption college and he said that, you know, the, and he, he was aware, he grew up with this, these concepts, so he didn't think much of it. 
but he uh, he was about to go off the road and because there was a vehicle he was swerving to avoid. Uh, there was no way he couldn't have rolled over and possibly been killed. And all of a sudden, he's driving normally, and that vehicle was nowhere to be seen. I, I think once you're aware of this stuff, that this is a, a normal progression, I don't know, maybe even from facet to facet of yourself, from world to world, because it's all you and all us, really. So, I mean, I, I don't, and he didn't think anything of it because he's grown up with these concepts, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But that's what we hear all the time, so who knows? Anyway, Robin, thank you for calling in. And, um, Thank you. you know, keep in touch. Very I will. good. Okay, let's uh, move on here to, um, why don't we uh, move on to Roger's question on page two there, Shane. Okay, and this is a question from Roger, and Roger is, um, why don't you read it? All right. Um, Roger, I don't, we don't know where he's from. This, is, again, came in on, on Facebook there. All right. Oh, let me just give some background on this. Uh, it was, uh, as you know, this is a leap year, and February 29th was a leap day, and I put this cutesy little thing on my Facebook page um, uh, about the leap year, so that, that's what prompted this. All right, so Roger writes in, Have you ever thought the discrepancies in Earth's orbit calling for a calendar correction might be due to these recently proven Einstein gravity waves? Because if these waves ripple through space-time, they could alter space-time orbit and be the reason for the day... Correction, and if this idea has any validity, sorry, I have a long night, uh, (laughs) very late night, yeah, I didn't sleep well, Um, to it, they should be able to calculate it mathematically. Okay, now we we have, um, Shane and I have a colleague, uh, Mark D'Antonio, who has been on the show many times, he's co-hosted, and he is an astronomer. And he um, is also the Mutual UFO Network's director of uh, national director of video and photo analysis. Very, very feet on the ground, real, genu- you know, genuine scientist. And we asked him to answer this. And uh, Mark answered, uh, quote, that intriguing possibility is actually going to have to get in line behind several other well-known reasons for the leap year. Julius Caesar was the creator of the leap year, and it, was, it is actually based on a 355-day calendar instead of a 365-day calendar. Not only that... Not only that, but the actual solar year for the time it takes the Earth to go around the sun doesn't match the calendar that we use anyway. In fact, the actual solar year is 11 minutes shorter than the calendar year, even with the leap year construct. Most people think that a year is 365 days. In fact, it is 365 and one quarter days. People have to remember that calendars are a man-made construct and that the universe does not follow our rules. I like that. We have to follow the universe's rules. Or maybe we'd correct to say the multiverse's rules. Right, or right. Mark ought to know us well enough to say that. <laughs> Leap year was created to make up for a lack in the chronological capability of the Roman calendar, and it goes back to 45 B.C., unquote. Well, Roger, I, I hope that answers your question, <laughs> and thank you, Mark. Uh, it's always great to hear from you. Okay, so why don't we go back to page one here to Kathleen's question. All right. Now, Kathleen, from we don't know where, uh, writes... I am interested in what you say about the quote-unquote good world. For some reason, I keep getting these questions. I can't imagine why. Uh, I'm being facetious because we made a big deal out of it. And she continues, I wonder if you could direct me to which podcast I can learn more about this. And that would be uh, actually not on this show, although we we do touch on it. We've never done a whole show on it. But Coast to Coast AM, May sixteenth, 2011, Paranormal Communications was the title of the show. If you can get hold of that, uh, this is where George Nuri talks about us and said, well, Paul, I've never heard you this far out before. Okay, so, And uh, Kathleen continues, one thing I don't understand and it worries me is all the pain, cruelty, cruelty to animals and people in the world and all the, the destruction of the planet. 
This gnaws at me, and I want some understanding explanation. Maybe there is none. If there is a God, I feel there may be an explanation, but on the other hand, I feel it is inexcusable if there is a God. Okay, well, you're not the only one who asked that question. I don't know, Shane, if you want to... Well, why don't I talk about this good world idea first? All right. Our point of view is this, that there may be, um, with all... Bless you, whoever's sneezing. uh, There may be a... With this multiverse idea, you have all possibilities existing in real worlds, uh, sometimes side by side, sometimes working in families because they're so similar, very often with different laws of physics, and all possibilities that anything that could possibly happen uh, does happen and is happening all simultaneously in these parallel worlds. This... And, and, and I, my background is in theology. I graduated from two seminaries. I was never ordained because I didn't like my paranormal work, but I attended three seminaries. And uh, I learned a lot of theology. Looking at that and looking at what we see in the paranormal, there could be, maybe we do live in a perfect world. It's a funny thing to say because of, all, because of what Kathleen mentions about cruelty, etc., and, uh, and all the dishevelment. However, I think that when all possibilities exist simultaneously, and we're kind of there if we're only aware of it, maybe it is a perfect world because maybe there is a perfect, elegant balance. Okay, So maybe the creation is perfect if you consider all of creation instead of just this part of it that we happen to be consciously aware of. I think that we are are subconsciously aware of all worlds, particularly where we're living, and that that can create a great elegance. And it's kind of up to us to bring it out. And if we all kind of work together and bring it out, at the risk of sounding like Hillary Clinton here, uh, if we all work together and bring it out, we can perhaps bring out more of this elegance and positivity and, and creativity in the world we are all conscious of right here and now. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think that, that that's really true. And... Uh, Kathleen is not the first one to blame uh, or to at least cast uh, doubts or aspersions upon God, he, she, it, or them, uh, for the world not being, not appearing to be perfect. But I think that um, we can go back to uh, a number of Greek philosophers, well, not a number, but several Greek philosophers who were not atheists, but they said um, maybe God isn't quite what we think he, she, it, or them may be. In other words, maybe God is learning too. Maybe creation has started, and uh, maybe as we go, God is kind of learning with us. Maybe, maybe God is all good, but maybe maybe not all powerful. But that, that was one theory, okay? And uh, so all these things are possible, but I think before we blame God for anything, we should consider that maybe creation is perfect in the way I described it. I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever. Shane, should I be... Um, Explaining in another in another way or what? No, I mean this is a strong topic of yours. I think stronger than I am in this explaining this this topic. But I think um, you know, I think if we all just focus on existing perfectly within ourselves and coexisting perfectly within the universe, I think um, it would be we'd be right in the right path. Well, yeah, and, and the, the term "good world" is is a term of Ben's and mine. And we were, when we were on with George Nury in May of 2011, it seems like such a long time ago now, uh, we had introduced the notion of um, the good world. We just call it that because it is a place we began to encounter separately 
the two of us in first in dreams, then, then in meditative states, and then sometimes in waking life in a perfectly normal, multiversal manner. It seems to be a perfectly physical place, or, or, or actually series of places in what we call a world family, things that progress uh, in a, in a uh, consistent way as we pass through our day or whatever. Um, laws of physics are the same or similar. Uh, however, the laws of physics there do seem to be somewhat different. Uh, it is um, physically quite beautiful, but it's not heaven. I mean, people work, although, you know, and, and doing different things. And the, you know, there there is trade going on. It just seems to be a place where, I don't know uh, how you would describe another planet, or I, I don't even know what, how you describe it, but it seems to be a place where our species seems to be to belong more naturally. Uh, in this world, you can't help but notice that if somebody messed with our genetics, it would explain it. Or if this is not our native planet, to get into that kind of thing, if you want, uh, it's it's not necessarily um, we're not necessarily at home here. There are many who sometimes believe that uh, our species does not really fit in the pattern of evolution on this planet. For example, we're not naturally adapted to our environments. We have to wear clothes. You know, uh, we are. Um, our, our our stomach and our genitals and other are, are exposed because we're standing upright. We really really should be on all fours. I mean, evolutionarily speaking, so to speak. And um, these are all things people have brought up. So, but anyway, this good world seems to be a place where we are more adapted. And the be- the best thing about it is that parasites do not seem to have access to it. And that's the thing we really noticed. So uh, whether maybe we're bonkers, but with the final chapter of our the epilogue to our our upcoming book, uh, which was was going to be Cosmic Journey, but the publisher has changed it with our agreement to uh, the same as the title of this show, Behind the Paranormal, and then to sticking our slogan on it as a, as a subtitle, Everything You Know is Wrong. So the book will be Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, from Schiffer Books, coming out toward the end of this year. Uh, the final ep- the epilogue of the book is about this good world and, and this concept. So that that's what uh, Kathleen is referring to. We believe it's a real place. Uh, we think it is significant, perhaps for uh, the period that we are now entering the final stage of, which is, as we also said on the show, the 2012 to 2016 period, uh, when there may be some not-so-good things happening. And I don't know. I mean, it's, we were very, very careful about what we said. We were very wary about expressing any kind of things that make us sound like we're predicting anything. And we have always said all along, this is our, these are our personal impressions, could be wrong, nothing is cast in stone, and, here, and people have been writing in saying, it's 2016, how come we're still here? Well, we never said everything was going to blow up, but there have been uh, instances we believe we've encountered in paranormal work where parasites have gone in and literally uh, consumed worlds to the point of even in, in, uh, destroying or disrupting the world families. Uh, sometimes with the help of the the inhabitants thereof. So crazy as it sounds, um, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But that's the background of what the, of the term "good world" that she's using. So uh, thank you, Kathleen, for writing in after that lengthy explanation. So we have a few more minutes. Why don't we um, find a short one here, Shane? If we can. Um, oh, he, oh, here's one I wanted to deal with. Yes, this is from Thomas in Ohio, and Thomas writes. There isn't one single shred of evidence of ghosts or Bigfoot. It's all about Hollywood producers out for profit and all those stupid shows that never come up with anything. Now, this is, was on my Facebook page. I don't know who Thomas is, but I just take the liberty of saying that he seems to come across in some of his other postings as very kind of cynical about this. And there are many people like Thomas who do not believe in the paranormal and just will not 
um, do not seem to be open-minded to it, and they may be right. Um, Shane, what, what do you say about this? I mean, I, I think you and I both agree that Hollywood has made a pig's breakfast out of out of uh, the whole paranormal field. Right, and I think we're just as frustrated with it, and that's why like, I've turned down television shows and stuff because I don't want to be made to look like some of these shows on TV. Yeah, so have we. Yeah. yeah, and if I don't have producer rights, you know, if you're not going to write me in and I, I don't have final say um, with, with some of these guys that I've talked to in the past, I, I won't work with them because I've actually got them to admit that they do alter and fake things when it's not interesting enough exactly so i won't have it um so uh, you know we're just as frustrated as uh thomas is um i did read thomas's um remarks and stuff and thought thought he came across in in a much of negative way and it could have been more positive but um it, it sounds like he's he's very angry <laughs> and, yeah yeah and, angry. and if, you, if you have no interest in the paranormal at all then why are you on a paranormal facebook page and and you know comment well, maybe he has curiosity there's got to be something there so yeah, yeah yeah so to just shut it down ultimately um and he was making comparisons to his work with animals or something which i didn't find i didn't see any connection there at all what he was trying to get at but um you know certainly as long as we've been doing it, if there wasn't something to it, um, we wouldn't still be doing it. No. Yeah. But, well, Tom, one of Thomas's points was that uh, if it's not based in science, then forget about it. You know. Well, I've been well, saying right along that you know everything has a, an equation, everything has mechanics that, that it's comprised of, and and that's even the spiritual or or the the multiverse. Everything can be explained through science and and has some kind of equation. That's what we're after. So um, you know, it's not just. Oh, they're just not ghosts walking around just because they want to, and and you know, or they're lost or whatever. I mean, that that doesn't make sense, you know. Well, I said, well another another point too, another layer that to that perhaps. And I was going to, I was going to refer Thomas to uh, the excellent book Science Was Wrong uh, by Stanton Friedman and Kathy mm-hmm. Martin. Stanton Friedman being a nuclear physicist and it, pointing out uh, aspects of scientific history where lo- thing laws were found to be incorrect because of what Mark D'Antonio, our good friend, calls undiscovered science. Uh, to say that the paranormal simply does not exist and is a bunch of nonsense is the same thing, and I can't remember his name, I should have looked it up, of, of the, the scientist who in the late 1890s said, well, we've already discovered everything there is to discover. There's nothing new to be found. We just have to uh, do further research on what we already know. And of course, that turned out to be the, the most uh, ludicrous statement ever made in the 19th century, because the 20th century obviously brought flight and all sorts of other things, medical breakthroughs that people had no clue about, and certainly quantum mechanics, which oddly enough really had its birth in the 1890s. So, I mean, you, you know, to say that this, this is simply impossible, can't exist, is, um, is an anti-intellectual statement, and if I may use the term, perhaps even an ignorant statement. And those who pursue paranormal research in the right spirit uh, I think, and because that, that's a loaded term, uh, would be, um, uh, I think, should be commended for possibly trying to discover undiscovered science. There's plenty that's undiscovered. As a matter of fact, the motto of this show is the same as the subtitle of the book, Everything You Know is Wrong. Maybe not everything, but I mean, we, we don't know anything for sure, because for one thing, we, we think too narrowly. Mm-hmm. So that would be my response. I think, don't close your mind. Right, and he he says that um, 
there's no proof at all, and that's that's not true. I mean, well, that's he, ludicrous. Right? He's he's making fun of the K2 meter, and I get that. And, yeah, I and, get that too. It, you know, cameras with red lights, and you know all this other stuff, and infrared signals that reflect dust and make it look like something's floating through the air. I, I get what he's saying, but there's absolutely proof. Um, you know, I've reverse engineered a haunt, and so I I said, you know, in order to ch- cross reference the fact that I I believe I've reverse engineered a haunt, I'm going to create a haunt, and I've done that three times successfully, where a, a, a uh, two two times it was a place of a, a business, and then one time it was a residence um, where there was no previous activity at all. But there were the natural elements I was looking for, and then I in- introduced the other things that I, I won't say on on air right now, um, and created a very very substantial haunt or activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is absolutely proof, and it's and it's real. Um, he just hasn't experienced it, so you know. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, and we're almost out of time here, but just uh, I would say that, that uh, some of Thomas's uh, posts seem to indicate a dependence on scientific materialism. In other words, you know, and the idea that everything is really matter and is based on the interactions between it and other matter, okay, energy included, and uh, that is really a, a dying. Because of quantum mechanics, a, an almost discredited point of view that, that a lot of scientists are uh, su- suspect that maybe should, should, they should abandon. And I've heard from scientists about this, but but they're they're reluctant to uh, dump the scientific method because then what do you have to stand on? So uh, science is in flux right now, and scientific materialism is certainly certainly dying. So we're just about out of time, and we're going to go to our announcements just now, and that's um, right there in uh, beginning. Yeah, right there on the bottom of uh, page one there, Shane, in your script. And uh, if you would take it from uh, take Ben's lines, we'll uh, we'll continue with our announcements. All right, got to work good to uh, reword these things because they're written for Ben. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on April eighth and ninth, uh, pa- Paul and Ben and myself will once again speak at the New England Parafest at the Ashworth by the Sea in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. Um, Paul and Paul and yeah, Ben. Well, maybe I should do this. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't yeah. subject you to this. Yeah, because the script was writ- written uh, thinking Ben would be here. Anyway, um, <laughs> w- uh, Ben and I are the final speakers at the event, and uh, they have our subject as the truth behind the paranormal, which I think is a little arrogant. I think we're talk- talking a lot about parasites and some, uh, some other things. Uh, then on July 23rd and 24th, we'll be at the Connecticut Paranormal Convention in Windsor Locks. I think that's still the name of it, but um, along also with Shane, you're going to be there too, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, we will present on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we will host the weekly edition of this show with a panel of all the speakers before a live audience, something we've never done before. Uh, this event will be uh, to benefit the Queen of Hearts Thoroughbred Retirement Farm in Maine. I thought that was a riot because it was gonna, uh, for homeless shelters are going to benefit, but right. I, they didn't tell us homeless shelters for horses. horses. <laughs> but, hey, you know, they're people too, right? That's great. Sure. So uh, in the fall, uh, Ben and I will be speaking at the MUFON event, at a MUFON event in Philadelphia, at the Exeter UFO Festival, September 3rd and 4th in Exeter, New Hampshire, and at the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Massachusetts in October. We look forward to all that, especially Exeter and Lemonster. Great events. Meanwhile, find out more about the show, our public appearances, and more at BehindTheParanormal.com. Uh, one of the top websites in the world, so we're told, for visits and use. Also at our site, you'll find over 650 free recorded shows from both here on ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And, Shane, tell us about your own website and where people can find out more. Uh, Trugos.com, T-R-U-E-G-H-O-S-T.com. And 
my phone number, if you should ever need to contact me, 603-913-4790. That's 603-913-4790. And as Paul said, I'll be speaking at the New England Parafest, um, Ashworth-by-the-Sea, also the, the horse fundraiser. I don't know the name of it. Um, yeah, but, the Connecticut Paranormal Convention. Okay. We'll, we'll update on that. All right. And also um, May 14th coming up, I'll be speaking at the Saucer Symposium Fundraiser in Stratham, New Hampshire at the KRR. KRI Center for Consciousness Studies. Um, that's May fourteenth. Be um, I'll be speaking. I think I'm, I'm the last speaker. Um, it'd be yeah. That means you're the big cheese. Yeah. No. No. I think they're doing a closing circle and then they're going off to Skywatch or something after that. But I'll be speaking five fifteen p.m. to six p.m. and that's in Stratham, New Hampshire. Uh, that's the facility where we were. Uh, yeah, that's a nice place. Yeah, yes, very nice. nice people, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so uh, a couple of books that are of interest to our local audience, uh, certainly published by Global Communications, uh, Timothy Green Beckley's publishing company, uh, that is UFO Repeaters, which has a whole chapter on Joe Ferrier from here, our show, and a couple of others, and check those out. Uh, so we're just about running out of time here. Uh, next Sunday, March 13th, we'll welcome researcher Tom Carey for a discussion of the children of Roswell, what they put up with uh, after the uh, 1947 events. We leave you this afternoon with a thought from 19th century American scientist George Washington Carver. 99% of the failures come from people who have the habit of making excuses. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Shane Sarway. And thank you for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We'll see you next week. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.